Hi, I'm Matt Ward. I'm a technical lead here at Bankwest. Today I'm talking to Mike Amundsen, who's API expert. Hi Mike, thanks for joining us today at Bankwest. You're here to talk about APIs. So thinking of the technical jargon heard most around the office, I'd say API must be close to the top of the list. So what are APIs and how have they become so fundamental? Yeah, so as I had mentioned today, as, as we were talking earlier, I get to travel around the world a lot and talk to lots of different organizations. Mm -hmm. and. All of them talk about APIs in, in one form or another. Um, the way we tend to talk about them is APIs as the interface to the service. Uh, a lot of times when people say we have a so-and-so API, they actually mean the whole service and everything else around it. Yeah. But we think it's really powerful to separate the two. If you think about it, you have a chance to create a different interface, many different interfaces to the same service for different audiences, different communities. And creating an API is so much easier, so much safer, and so much less risky than actually building a new service. So the ability to separate the APIs and the service gives you a lot of flexibility and a lot of power that organizations take advantage of. Yeah, so it makes sense. Could you tell us a bit about your, your own story and how you came to specialize in APIs and how you see your role as the Director of API Architecture at the API Academy? Sure. Um, my, my story is pretty odd. Um, <laughs> I don't have any uh, uh, formal education in computers at all. I have two ed, uh, degrees in music composition and theory. I was oh, destined wow. to be a musician. Uh, spent a lot of time traveling as a musician for several years and working as a studio musician. Wow. Um, I fell into computers uh, relatively early on as a microcomputer, as sort of a hobbyist, mm -hmm. and then pretty soon was getting work, helping people figure out how to use computers and apply them. And about 15, almost uh, 20 years ago, I started really focusing on this new thing called the internet and the web. Really fascinated me. And it just happened to be a lucky move. I got in early and started to learn things very early on. And I focus primarily on that architectural element, not so much just the implementation detail, which has changed so much over the last 20 years, even just the last few, but now focusing on that overarching sort of architecture model of the web has been consistent for the last 20 years. So lucky for me, I focus on things that people are still interested in and I still get to travel. Wow, and then how did the API Academy come about? Yes, the Academy is very interesting. So uh, originally there was a company called Layer 7 which uh, focused on gateways for, uh, for security primarily, but they wanted to level up into actually becoming uh, API gateways. This was now six, seven years ago. Okay. Um, so a small group started, it was actually two of us, uh, three of us in the beginning, and we started talking about the value and pro uh, possibility of APIs several years ago and specifically talking to enterprises. What happened is the academy has then grown to the point where we talk about culture, we talk about services, we talk about APIs, we talk about um, all these things and how they affect enterprises themselves. So it started from this notion of just trying to level up the idea of APIs to now actually being able to travel all around the world and talk to all sorts of different companies. It's really quite amazing. Mm, sounds great. Um, so here at Bankwest, if we look at our, our own architectural landscape, we have SOAP APIs, we have some fairly vanilla REST APIs, we've got a hypermedia-driven uh, API over our core banking system, and now we're starting to experiment with graph APIs. It's a, maybe a tough question, but with so many different options, do you have any guidelines as to you know, what we should use and when? Um, yeah, so there, there, are, there are lots of things. It turns out um, the closer you are to the system of record, the, the fewer changes happen and you can use a different kind of approach. Often, 
the, the, the SOAP approach or the uh, remote procedure call kind of pattern or something like that works pretty well. But as you get closer and closer to uh, individual consumers, especially on handheld devices, you need a lot of flexibility and things change much, much more rapidly. So the user interface changes quite often, whereas the system of record doesn't change very often at all. And that means throughout different parts of the organization, uh, each of these API technologies, each of these uh, technical elements would be uh, uh, applicable. So uh, closer to the system of record, systems that are a little bit more service heavy, a little bit harder to change over time become much more valuable. And closer to the uh, uh, client, um, more uh, agile, more uh, things that give clients a lot more opportunity like GraphQL or other things become much more powerful. So it turns out most of the customers who do well at this have a mix. They don't just mm. pick one thing. They actually have a mix across their spectrum. Yeah, and I guess it depends a lot on your own unique situation. Like we are in Perth, which we, we don't have any cloud data centers anywhere near us. So we're looking at you know how we can work with the ones thousands of kilometers away in Sydney or Melbourne. Yeah, that's, that's actually that's a really, really good point. So a lot of this, it, the context isn't just the products and services you have, but it's also the uh, infrastructure that you have available as well. So uh, adopting things like CQRS, technology that allows you to separate the read queries from the write operations becomes really, really powerful when you want to deal with things like latency. One of the things that we'll talk about this week is this idea of system level properties, how the properties of your overall organization and how to take advantage of them. How do you can uh, support things like uh, responsiveness and still have uh, um, good accuracy in your data. We've been solving this problem for close to 30 years on the internet and applying those same ideas to individual companies becomes really powerful. So um, yeah, it's an it's a interesting mix of not just what the tech you have or the training you have or the tools you have, but even the infrastructure available to you will affect how you end up implementing your designs. Hmm. Um, while you're in town, you're also doing a Yarn Night. Uh, your Yarn Night Perth talk, I believe, is titled APIs from Good to Great. Um, for those who are unable to make it along, can you give a quick overview of you know, what you will be talking about? Yeah, so it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek uh, talk. There's, there's this uh, management book called Good to Great about businesses. It's, all, it's about 20 years uh, old now. I think it's from the, maybe even from the 80s, maybe early 90s. And it was this idea about what is it about companies that turn them not just from good companies, but great companies. What are their properties? What are their approaches? What are their habits? So the idea is, how can we use some of that same learning um, from business strategy to apply them to APIs? What turns a good API into an API that people just love, just really are passionate about? And it turns out there are things like um, being dogged about details. It turns out something from good to great. Having actually a personality or point of view actually turns something to great. And I think if we think of some APIs today, like the Stripe API or the Twilio API, these are APIs that actually have a personality, a point of view. Uh, they pay attention to particular details. So just sort of taking that same list of things, breaking it down and seeing how we can apply it to the way we build interfaces and see how we can move from that, boy, this is really good, to the one that says, man, I just love this API. So that's really what that's about. It's fascinating how much the conversation's changed in the last few years. Now we're talking about APIs having personalities. And it's a real <laughs> Yeah, so shift. what happens is suddenly when APIs become sort of the ticket for entry, like you have to have an API, if everybody has one, how do you know which ones are good mm -hmm. and which ones are great? 
Uh, what's the word of mouth? What, what is the developer experience like? Suddenly these become really important. Inside organizations, relatively small organizations, you can usually get by with something that's usable, but when you want to start getting things that are beyond functionality, that are actually giving you a great experience, that's a competitive space, and the same design principles that apply to you know, the Apple devices apply to APIs as well. So those personalities, those points of views, really are the start of getting into a spot where eventually people start to pick APIs the way they buy other products. They go and they pick them off the shelf. So we're just beginning to get to this point where APIs are a product, mm -hmm. not just a, a functionality element, and that's where great APIs will make a difference. Yeah, I mean, APIs as a product is something we are just trying to hook onto as a concept now and yeah, push with that. Yeah. Um, so as someone working with APIs, I'd say the future looks pretty bright. Um, you know, APIs are becoming opened up to you know, not just within an organization, but externally. Um, and in our industry, you know, the concept of open banking is just around the corner. So I was wondering, what are you excited about? I think what I'm starting to see, something that uh, we've talked about for a couple of years, is not just monetizing your API, which is a real challenge for a lot of organizations. How can I find the business value in this interface that's actually going to move the needle, give us a leg up on our competitors, give us a chance to actually make a difference in the market? That's, a lot of people are sort of on board with that idea and working hard on it. What we're starting to see is the inkling of the next level, which is monetizing other people's APIs. And that's when you have an opportunity to actually take an API, say, from Salesforce or SAP or someone else, and actually use that to create more opportunity for your own company. So they're not just functional elements anymore. They're actually uh, strategic elements in a marketplace. So this idea of monetizing other people's APIs is really the first inkling of creating a real marketplace. And the APIs become not just the product, they become the delivery mechanism, and there's competition. So I go out and pick the best API for handling credit services, the best API for loan origination. We can see now with this open banking that what's happening is we're gonna create a level playing field so everybody gets to do uh, their balance inquiry just like everyone else. The only thing that's gonna make a real difference are experiences for developers, experiences for building apps that make it better than others. And if I can do a balance inquiry with anyone from anywhere, the loyalty starts to change. My loyalty might not be with my bank, it might be with my API provider, it might be with my application provider. So there's a whole new set of opportunities where APIs will start to change the landscape of how we start to, start to interact with each other, uh, not just level a playing field, but actually create new playing spaces for everyone, and I think that's really exciting. Yeah, there's definitely some things for us to think about in there as we move into that space. Thank you very much for talking to us today, Mike. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate the chance to visit, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the week. Thank you. Thanks.